Welcome to It's a Good Life, a podcast dedicated to helping you live your best one. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Welcome back to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about feeling, thinking, and doing better. We're talking this week about my best advice for a good life in three words. We cover the first one on Tuesday, faith. So today, let's talk about the other two, hope and love. Hope can get you to the good life, and love allows you to get the most out of it. But wait, there's more, says the It's a Good Life infomercial. The next one is hope. Now, hope is often portrayed as some wishy-washy emotion, right? Just, well, I'm hoping. I'm standing in the rain hoping. And hope is anything but that. Another fantastic definition is the definition of hope, and it's a confident expectation. Let that wash over you for a second. Hope is a confident expectation. Nothing wishy-washy about that. And that's why hope ultimately springs out of faith, right? Faith is the foundation. It's God's self, others. And out of that comes this sense of hope, this sense of optimism. Believe in God, believe in self, believe in others. Boom. You can have the confidence and the expectation where there's hope for the future. You know, my good friend and mentor, Lou Holtz, the great coach, said, people need three things in life. Someone to love, something to do, and something to hope for. And that's where it comes from. So let's talk about hope and how to really make it dynamic, right? Hope is something that can work, that's moving, that helps you, that can change your life. So the first part of hope is confidence, right? The confident expectation. So the question is, what's the source of your confidence? What are the things about yourself you can be truly confident in? I love the Venus Williams quote, right? One of the greatest tennis players of all time. She goes, just believe in yourself. Even if you don't, pretend that you do. And at some point in time, you will. You know, that's obviously something she's had to do to fight through. And she's been nervous and scared. And they recently had a movie called King Richard that's really good. And you see these kids coming out of Compton and playing tennis. And, you know, they had to fake it till they make it, right? So she had confidence in herself and put herself in these scary environments. And next thing you know, as she persevered and won a few of these matches, she started developing confidence. Oprah Winfrey says it this way, it's confidence in our bodies, minds, and spirits that allows us to keep looking for new adventures. So that's the first part of hope, confidence. Here's the second part, expectations. You know, some people say the way to lower your stress is to lower your expectations, right? There's a guy at the golf course where I play over in La Costa, and he's 62 years married. And I always say to him, what's the key to a successful marriage? He says, low expectations. <laughs> he's a character, <laughs> a good dude. Uh, and so it's great. That's a good line, whatever else. But you know what? Who in the hell wants low expectations? I believe you have to have proper expectations based on your gifts and the opportunities that you have. Something to look forward to. And that's ultimately why I'm a big believer in goals. One definition of hope is to wish for a particular event that one considers possible, okay? Now, I've been talking about goals for over 30 years, and I know many people have attended our events and in our coaching program and writing goals the whole time. But sometimes, when you first set goals, they're invigorating, they're exciting. And so when you're in the first few years of setting goals, it, every time you set a goal, write it down, put it in front of you. You get a goal board, you get a picture of it, you get a visual of it, it invigorates you. But after a while, you've been setting goals and reaching goals. It becomes harder to set goals. And sometimes your goals actually don't do much for you. And again, I've experienced this many times. I'm goal setting for 36 years. Achieved a lot of small and big goals. Goals I never even dreamed of. Certainly never in my wildest dreams would I ever set a goal of where I'd be at today. 
And so sometimes you have to recalibrate your goals from doing to being. Now, again, accomplishing things and achieving things, you know, sometimes it's a goal about being, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. But a trip or a vacation, for example, is something small, but it's really something to look forward to. You know, I had this little beach in Hawaii that meant a lot to me and my family, and I'd have a picture of that on my computer. I'd have a little sticky note on a computer, the date we were going. And it's amazing how it could keep me focused because I had this something to look forward to. They say the number one reason for suicide is that people don't believe their future can be any better than their present. And it's so dark. They don't have anything to look forward to. And so it's very important. I think it's vital. You know, something on your bucket list you want to achieve. We've had the great Ben Nempton we did a podcast with, and that's why he's actually going to be one of our guest speakers at this year's Mastermind in August in San Diego. Because I want to bring in someone who's really going to invigorate people with a new look at building out their bucket list. And it's a simple thing, you know, and then you have a picture, you have a gold board, or you have images on your screens, and it keeps hope alive. That's what it does. So you have that confidence, and then you have that expectation. And that expectation is these goals. And sometimes, by the way, it's good to set unrealistic goals. You know, aim for the stars and hit the moon type thing. And then lastly, hope is a good thing, right? It's confidence, it's expectation, but it's a good thing to have hope. It's the best thing to have hope. If you've been listening to this show very often, whenever I interview somebody, I always ask them, you know, what's their favorite movie? And I don't know the exact numbers, but it seems like eight out of every 10 people I ask will mention the Shawshank Redemption, as I would. And there's so many magnificent parts of that movie. It's such a brilliantly written screenplay. But one of the great battles in Shawshank Redemption is the philosophy of having hope and no hope. One of the cornerstone characters, Red, played by Morgan Freeman, and I love Red because here's this African-American gentleman in this Portland jail. When the book was written originally by Stephen King, that fellow was supposed to be Irish, so that's why they kept his name Red. So Black Irish, my favorite thing in the world. And so he's a very pragmatic man. He's probably a science and reason type guy, wouldn't you say? One of the most impactful scenes in the movie is Andy Dufresne, the hero of the movie, plays these fantastic operas and arias over the loudspeakers into the yard, locks himself in to the office and plays over the loudspeaker to all the prisoners this fantastic music. And he wanted to lift the spirits. And he ends up being put in a hole, right? Solitary confined for two weeks. And he comes out. And there's this great scene. If you ever just check out this one scene on YouTube. And he comes out and he's all beaten up and dark and dirty. And they go, man, two weeks in a hole is like a year in prison. He goes, no, easiest time I ever served. Now, like, yeah, right. He goes, no, I had Mr. Mozart with me the whole time to keep me company. He was there for me because he, he got to a place that they can't reach. They can't reach that part. And they go, what part? And he goes, hope. Right when he says that, Red, who's his friend, right? And we all have good friends who give us sometimes terrible advice. Friends who love us, family who love us, who give us terrible advice. And Red decided to help his friend out, to help recalibrate his expectations. You know, when you've said to a kid, don't get your hopes up, honey, you're being Red. What does he say? He says, hope is a dangerous thing. Hope can drive a man insane. It has no place here in the inside. In that prison, that prison of being stuck with no hope, no future. Well, later on at the end of the movie, when things start to turn, Andy Dufresne challenges his friend, go to this main hayfield, dig up the jar of money and whatever else, and he writes him a letter. And at the end of the letter, this is why that movie is such a big, big deal, that hope is such a key principle. In this movie that so many people love, he finishes the letter, remember, Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. Hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. 
So hope is about confidence. It's about having those expectations, and hope is good. So when the crap hits the fan, the world's upside down, you don't know which way to look. We need a little bit of faith. But we need a bit of hope, and we need something to look forward to. And right now, we need all the good we can get to pursue the good life. Wouldn't you agree? Lastly, we're going to talk about love. Now, I'm an amateur when it comes to these things. I certainly wouldn't have a daytime talk show on the subject. But I promised today to give you my best, so I'm going to give you my best. I'm going to send all my love to you through this microphone. One definition of love is that it's a set of emotions and behaviors characterized by intimacy, passion, and commitment. That sounds like a very pragmatic definition of it, doesn't it? It involves care, closeness, protectiveness, attraction, affection, and trust. And at almost every wedding I've ever been at, people usually recite, no matter where they're coming from, they'll recite the part out of 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, as it's called. You guys have heard this. And it says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. doesn't boast. It's not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. And it keeps no record of wrongs. What a blooming list that is. Now, I'll be honest with you. Just the very first sentence, love is patient. I pretty much should stop there. You know, there's a whole list of things I need to get to. Kindness, don't envy, don't boast, don't be proud, don't dishonor other people's, don't hold a grudge, don't keep a record of wrongs. Oh my gosh, I think I might have to lose my Irish card by not keeping a record of wrongs. They say the difference between an Irishman with Alzheimer's and an American with Alzheimer's, Irishman forgets everything but the grudges. So what am I going to do? It's such a blooming list. But there's so much there to think about. I'm going to apply it today in three different ways. One that might surprise you. The very first thing I'm going to say when I'm talking about love is to be good to yourself. Be good to yourself. I can honestly say this is probably something I have not done a very good job of in my life, and I'm just coming aware of it now. And I'm really starting to work on this now. To be good to myself. I've lived a life of service to my bride, to my kids, to my staff, to my clients. Not like some uh, altruistic St. Augustine type character. I'm just saying that's where I've, my focus has been. And it's been out of service. It's been out of mission. It's been out of drive. It's been out of a need for economics and maybe a bit of people pleasing thrown in there. But the fact of the matter is I've often forgotten to be good to myself. And I started thinking about this here about a year ago. I said, can you imagine if, Brian, if you actually applied this verse to yourself? Imagine that. Like not said at a wedding, but like said as a vow to yourself. So how about if I'm patient with Brian? Let me ask you, what are the things you say to yourself? Are you ever impatient with yourself? Well, it's hilarious. And I do think God has a great sense of humor. I really do. Yesterday, I had my first day off in a long time. You know what I did on the first day off? You know what you have? All the freedoms in the world. You know what I spent my day off doing? Looking for me bleeding wallet. I am anal annie about where I put stuff. I have the same thing all the time. I travel for years. So everything always goes in the same place all the time. So I never misplace anything. Yesterday, I spent my entire day, entire day till nine o'clock at night looking for my wallet. And I still don't know where the bleeding thing is. And I was laughing the whole time because in preparation for this podcast, I was thinking, how about you be patient with yourself, Brian? (laughs) And so I didn't realize I was getting the test right away. By the way, I'm not sure how well I held up under that test. There was a few mutterings along the day. So what if you're good to yourself? Be patient with yourself. What are the things you say to yourself? How about you be kind to yourself? What are the types of things you say to yourself? And think about yourself. 
Don't envy or be boastful, caught up in pride. Don't dishonor yourself. Don't spend too much time looking for praise yourself. Don't get angry with yourself. Don't keep a record of your shortcomings. Now, the idea here is not to sweep your shortcomings under the carpet and you're perfect and that's how you need to view yourself and become a self-absorbed narcissist. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not where most people are. The idea here is to not keep rotisserizing your mistakes in your mind. That's what I'm trying to do. Like a chicken, you know, on a rotary spit over and over and over again. So the mistake happens, a shortcoming happens, and we play it over and over and over. And then it goes from you're terribly Egypt for losing your wallet to you're always misplacing things. Then the next thing is, man, I think you're losing your marbles. Maybe you're losing your memory. And the next thing you know, there's a pylon going on, okay? Maybe I need to see a doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we do that to ourselves. We need to be good to ourselves. You know, if you desire to love someone else, you have to be capable of receiving love. So what's your capacity? You know, if you're running at about 10% of your capacity right now, and you love someone else with your whole heart, you give your whole heart to someone else, that means you're giving someone else 10%. So we need to be good to ourselves. Even if your desire is to be good to other people, we got to be good to ourselves. I truly believe the only way to expand that capacity is to truly maybe get some help. Friends can help with that capacity. Counselors can help with that capacity. In your business, a coach can definitely help you with that capacity. It's amazing to me, outside of all the systems and how-tos and whatever else, some of the most amazing work people at Buffini and Company do is helping people not just with their confidence and their goals for hope, but ultimately to get them to a place where they're working through the issues with somebody and giving them an honest sense of feedback. And it's like, no, you're great at this. You, this is what you're good at. This, you're going to be fine. You know, I have no concerns about you at all because you're great at this and this and this. And it's just easy to forget. And so it's very easy for us to miss ourselves. And so we do need other people to do that. And that's how human beings are designed. So again, in this latest uh, season of life, so many of us have become isolated because that was what was required. And it's time to break down that isolation and get reconnected. One of the things that was kind of fabulous about that event the other day, there were 6,500 people in a ballroom in a convention center that were just delighted to be out interacting with other people again. The energy was off the charts, and it's a fantastic thing. So we can be good to a neighbor, a colleague, a golfing buddy, but it takes real attentionality to be good to your loved ones and those as closest to you. So fill your own cup up, okay? Second thing is be good to those who are most important to you. Now, this is something I've seen in my own life and in others. When we tend to neglect ourselves, the next person closest to us is the next person in line for the neglect. So we'll help people at a distance or be good to people at a distance or be kind and patient to people at a distance. If you're neglecting yourself, as I have, the next people to get it, that form of neglect, are the people very closest to us. It's very easy to take those people for granted. And so we want to be good to ourselves, and then we want to be good to the people who are the next closest to us. And be good to those people. Be patient. Be kind. Don't be proud. Don't dishonor. Don't become easily angered with them. Don't keep a record of wrong of those people. That's what love is. So that's what we got to do. So we want to be good to ourselves. We want to be good to others. Okay? And ultimately, you know, I renamed this show The Good Life Podcast. And I was the last guy to see it. I have a team with me here today. And they were all ready for this a long time ago. They came to the conclusion. I didn't see it. And because I'm like, eh, the Brian Buffini show, it's a good life. I mean, it's not that much of a difference, you know, it's kind of what I speak about. But the feedback's been enormous. And so that's why we need other people. You know, we need other people to connect with. We need other people to see things. We need other people to help us through things. 
We want to be good to ourselves. We want to be good to those around us. And then the last part is something I'm going to encourage you to be. You know, you're listening to this stuff. Many of you go out and buy the books that we recommend. And the goal is to be a good life ambassador. You know, that's all I'm trying to be. You know, it's funny how things get complicated. And for me, businesses erupt around things and people get hired and there's all kinds of investments made. But at the end of the day, I remember I've told Beverly for years, you know, with Buffini Company, all I started out to do was help a few realtors. That's all I wanted to do. I never in my thought I'd be standing there for an hour and a half taking pictures and signing books or whatever it was with people. I just wanted to help a few realtors. This podcast, I just wanted to help people and actually see if I could take the content that's done in closed door seminars and bring it to a, a larger world. And now we do. And all I'm trying to be is a good life ambassador. And maybe you can too. Because I think if you live it, you can be an ambassador for it. There's so many people who are hurting in this world. So many people experiencing difficulties. Be a person who brings a reminder about the good life to others. Not in a phony way, not in a way of escapism, but a genuine way. I get to speak for myself. When we renamed this show, it really challenged me to be living the good life in every area of my life. That might be shocking, but it really kind of held a mirror up and said, hang on, are you living the good life? Are you a reflection of the good life before you get on this microphone? And it's really challenged me and it's forced me to make some big changes. And I've already been pursuing a good life for a long time, but now it just raised my game. So not perfectly. None of us have to be perfect to be an ambassador for this stuff. But ultimately, I'm doing everything I can to pursue the good life. And if you're on that journey, I want you to share that with people. Maybe you found a book that's really helped you. Maybe you have an insight that's really helped you. Maybe you're going to take someone for a coffee or lunch or, you know, it's, it's a client or customer or friend that you're looking for the opportunity. You know, not to just see somebody struggling and and that you don't say anything because you don't want to be disrespectful or whatever else. But I think if you're living a good life, what you'll find is more and more people come and ask you and they'll ask you. You'll become that ambassador for the good life yourself. So I know it's a little different today, but I wanted to share with you my best today. And uh, it wasn't just as a reaction to one interaction I've had. It was kind of a straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I thought, what if I would really like to share the best stuff I have in a big picture. Obviously, this is not an exhaustive treatise on the subjects of faith, hope, and love, but this is just something maybe in the midst of this times, if you're stressed out and challenging, fighting, biting, scratching through life, maybe there's something for you here today, because I wanted to give you my best. And for me, the best things in my life are faith, hope, and love. Those are the best things in my life. And that famous passage from Corinthians, when it ends, it says, three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So there it is. So uh, I want you to know I love doing this podcast for all of you. I'm glad you've placed your faith in me when you subscribe to this and you listen to it. That means a lot. It means a lot to me and the team. And I hope together we all get a little bit more of the good life in this life. So thanks for joining me today. We'll finish up with a little Irish blessing from a woman who for the last 91 years has modeled faith, hope, and love in her life. So thanks for joining me today. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Take it away there, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. Music